Hi everyone, CS Stock, and welcome to another edition of the Hungarian Football Podcast. This week, with a twist, obviously Chris Barrett is the anchor man as always, but a little bit different this week. We're going to put Chris under the spotlight with his knowledge of NB1 stats, which is obviously second to none here. And uh, as always, joining us is Thomas Mortimer creator of hungarianfootball.com. Uh, Tom, how are you? Yeah, lovely, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. Good to be back here with these lockdown specials. And yeah, Chris, how does it feel to be uh, on the other side of the microphone? It's wonderful. Very freeing and cannot wait for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for inviting me. No, my pleasure, Chris. It's, it's a pleasure to have you here. You know, we had to move heaven and earth, like you say, to, to get you here, and, and here you are. <laughs> so, Chris, you're, um, you've got an, a crazy knowledge of stats in, in MB1. I, um, it's surely an American thing because most American sports are stats based. So, I'm guessing you've just transferred that under to, to, to our league. So we're going to start with uh, the Hungarian football, uh, with the Hungarian first division, where the Hungarian government, obviously, with this um, coronavirus going on, um, have written a decree that says that uh, sports teams in Hungary can be forced to take a a reduction of 70% of their wages, um, and that's until the end of the state of emergency. So... You know, whether clubs are, in, are doing that at the moment, I'm not sure. I've not really heard too much. I know in handball that a couple of um, French players playing in the Hungarian league have decided to uh, return back to their native countries where they can obviously earn more money. So do you think that's probably driven this motive? But what will this mean for a lot of the other clubs, uh, the bigger clubs especially, that that do have uh, foreign players as their base. I mean, surely the club's got to look at whether they imp- implement that um, 70 or up to 70% um, or whether they keep them happy and keep the team together. Yeah, um, it's going to be mighty tough. Like, there's someone... It, it's, it's so hard to balance it for, for, for the teams because especially, like, your Vidi and... Froddy to an extent as well. Like their wage budgets are actually massive. Like Vidi's wage budget is enormous, and they're not making that money back, especially if they don't get into Europe like they did in this season. Like the season before, they would have they'd have been on a probably an, about an even keel. Um, but like this season, they're going to be in a in a whole whole lot of trouble because. It, they, I guess they'll rely a little bit on gate receipts, making a little bit of money. But, I mean, that's not even going to be big for Vidi anyway. It's like, it's not, you don't get paid. Um, it's not a lot of money to get into them stadiums, is it? So it's not like gate receipts are massive. Um, even for Froddy as well. Like, Froddy, it, it helps them massively that they got into Europe this season. But they're, they're going to be struggling. And then you think about the smaller teams. You're like, your teams like your Kishvardas, your Mezakovic, the, the teams who've got the like even even the Hungarian players are going to be on good money because um well Zali Gershag as well like you got Zoltan Stieber there Stieber's not going to be on um on peanuts Rado's not going to be on peanuts they wouldn't have gone there otherwise 
like they, they're big clubs and stuff, but they would have gone for money. And these, they've been talking about it a lot um, in Europe. And I think someone at UEFA said that football is going to be in a very different place by the time that this coronavirus stuff finishes. And it's going to be the same for Hungarian football. I, I don't know if that's maybe been talked enough about, to be honest. Like the, these clubs have now got no uh, means of income. And I know it's a little bit different in Hungary because um, a lot of the clubs are owned by oligarchs, especially um, Nvidia, who've got Granchi. But like, I mean, they might be they might be recession proof just because of their ties to the government. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. To be fair, I kind of fear for the fear for the league a little bit. It's true. Um, you know, going back to the, to the point, where's the money going to come from? Um, Friday, I think uh, they can they can rely heavily on on their crowds because you know they're getting between anything between eight fifteen thousand depending on the game. That's a huge income, and um, and Friday's not cheap. Um, I for for the game that well just as just as football was cancelled actually, I had I bought seven VIP tickets um, at for the Ferenc Varos Diostur game, and that was one hundred and forty thousand forints. That's astronomical, absolutely mm-hmm. astronomical. Um, and when I had to pick the seats, they were pretty much all gone. So there's like a huge, huge income from corporate side, as well as the guys that are that are putting their money in, at, you know, going through the turnstiles to sit in the regular seats, if there are regular seats in that stadium now. So they're, you know, we obviously the, the MLS said have said that, um, you know, football's football's likely to be coming back. Um, I think it was something like after the the twin when when Hungary says like sporting occasions can happen, albeit behind behind when the government says rather that, albeit behind closed doors or or whatever it might be. That I think after the twentieth day after that, um, the first Wednesday or Friday or or Saturday, whichever comes first, that football can restart. But obviously that's not going to be with crowds. Um, the games are all televised anyway, so it's not like people are going to go, oh great, you know, I can I can watch it on TV because they they can watch them all anyway now, and um, you know the the viewing figures aren't aren't great for that anyway. So what a player is going to do is it's, it's frightening, isn't it? It's especially you know does Hadzic does he start a, a snowball effect and everyone think, hang on, I need to I need to get out of here quick. Yeah, you, I mean, you hope not, but it's, it, like you said, it's so up in the air. Um, and you might see your, your Lanza Farmers, because uh, he spoke about in that interview the week about how he, he wants to move back to Italy eventually. Um, you might see some of your, yeah, your big players might start scootling off. And it It's so hard to predict what's going to happen Like when it, when it all comes back. It really is. Like... Like, we, I've even heard people talk about in England, like, will the, um, I, I don't agree with this, but they, the people that were asking, like, will there be the same excitement as there was before and and that and, and that kind of stuff? Like, it, it, it may even be a blessing for Hungarian football in a way. Like, say if Hungarian football was one of the first leagues to come back, like, 
maybe people would be that desperate that they'll start watching it again and maybe get into it and maybe start I don't know, I'm probably living in a fantasy world here that maybe maybe people will start getting interested in Hungarian football again domestically, but I don't know. I think I think the world is going to change massively once mm-hmm. we all go back to normal. And I think football is just going to be one of those things that that is going to be part of that big change. How that change will look, no idea. There's going to be fear as well, isn't there, of wanting to be in a crowd of people because at the moment, if the if the delivery guy drops a parcel at your door, it's kind of you know your anxiety levels hit the roof. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's someone who's in the outside world and travelling around. So, you know, obviously, most of the Hungarian football stadiums that you could sit in, you're luckily that you're not going to have to be near anyone particularly. But there only needs to be an incident or you know, crowd overcrowding or whatever it might be to try and get out or in, and and you're suddenly in that in that mix. So, yeah, I think people's attitudes to to social distancing and that from now on will, will be um, incredible and I think it also it will show that a lot of the things that you take for granted um, that have now been obviously taken away from you might mean that people at the weekends do different things than go to football go and see your grandparents you know go and see your parents whatever it might be because everyone's missing them like crazy obviously at this this time uh, I, I you know everyone was jumping on the was it the Belarus Premier League that was still kind of running into into lockdown. That's uh, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I obviously I said to I said to myself I clearly don't love football as much as I think because I, I couldn't bring myself to sit and watch the Belarus Premier League. I, I'm not. <laughs> it just you know don't throw my boat and and like you say people will be all over this like if it was one of the first things to come back and was televised it's easily accessible. Uh, on the M4 website, etc. But the very second the team or league that they're interested in, or a slightly better one, becomes available, it's literally forgotten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts on it. But oh, I agree. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think it's almost living in a fantasy world that um, it will change people's perception of the Hungarian league and stuff. It's probably just going to carry on exactly as, as before. But like you say, maybe even lessened because I think there's definitely the potential that like you say like people become um more willing to do family stuff or like less willing to kind of follow this maybe like people will kind of see football for what it is entertainment rather than kind of like this obsession that like it definitely became an obsession for me and it's an obsession for a lot of people and it's not healthy, to be fair, and a few people. Is there something to the fact that, for instance, what do we judge the, um, I guess, the, 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 the level of football? I guess we could do it by talent. But if you're enjoying watching something, like, for instance, I don't watch the Hungarian League because they have better football than La Liga, okay, <laughs> or whatever. You know, I, 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 at some point, I just kind of got sick of watching overpaid superstars go out there and I can always watch the highlights. That's not the point, but it's, it was, it was developing the community and being a part of something that you were sharing with other people. And that was always good. And I think there's always going to be supporters and there's always going to be passion. And, and the one thing about Hungarian 
football that I enjoyed was the amount of competitiveness, you know, and, and I know it hasn't always been that way. There have been years where, you know, one or two teams were, were always right up there. But when I came in, in 2015, 2016, there were, you know, Vashas was, was a team that, and I had, I didn't know them from Adam and I thought maybe, oh, they were just another one of those teams, but then come to find out they were another Lester, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was an exciting season. And, and I remember, you know, people talking poor, poorly about the Hungarian domestic league and, you know, it's not a great league and, and, and the, the level of competition isn't great, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed following it. I enjoyed, um, uh, the, um, the championship that year because it was so competitive and there were some very compelling games, you know, and there were some great characters. I mean, anytime you have Danko Lazovic out there flopping around like a fish, that's just fun, you know, <laughs> and, and, and there are a lot of good characters out there. And I think there are some good stories and some, some really good teams like a, like a Ferenc Baris or, or, or Vidi or whatever. So for me, it wasn't so much that, um, you know, how are we going to get Hungarian to the top of the foot? We're never going to do that. I don't think that's ever really going to happen unless, you know, uh, the tectonic plates shift in some sense, but, you know, can we enjoy it? Yeah. You know, can we, can we see it as something that's, that's enjoyable? Um, I think it is. And I think it has drawn some people, but I don't think it'll ever get to the level of, you know, a top four European league, but it is very enjoyable. That's just my two cents in that. Good stuff, Chris. Now, Let's track it back to uh, stats, if we can. Um, what's your favourite stats around this season? Um, what stuck out the most for you? Well, you're right. And stats has been something that, uh, being a baseball fan growing up in the United States, it's all about stats, you know. And so coming in, it was always fun to uh, mark each week and see who was leading and doing all that. Um, I think one of the things that... Um, I liked was uh, the amount of goals that were being scored, um, the the drama of it all. And so just kind of tracking over the seasons of the past four or five seasons, just it seems to be there's been an upswing in, in average goals. I mean, we're getting close to almost uh, three goals a game, which I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you get a lot of one nil, zero, you know, nil nils scores and stuff like that, to see that. Um, getting up to 2.8, 2.9 goals per game is is uh, encouraging. I think I think it's good for the fans. Um, it's good for football. Um, and then um, uh, also, then I've brought this up in in, in past uh, podcasts as well. Um, the amount of uh, the attendance figures seem to be going up as well, which I think is really interesting. You know, watching that. Um, over the past few years, that could all be smoke and mirrors. I have no idea. All I can see is the numbers, but it looks to me like the numbers are increasingly growing over the last three or three years. Um, uh, and I, if, if you want to permit me, I'll just go through a few teams and I can tell you a few things that I think have been impressive to me. Is that, is that, is that okay? Um, Friday are at the top of the league. Um, uh, I'm going to I want to pull out a few names and, and you, you guys can interrupt at any point here. But Frank Boley, who scored six goals in the last 10 appearances, has been impressive. He was a guy that I thought was going to come in and be a flop. And um, I think that he has um, really showed his worth. And I think it was I think it was um, uh, almost damaging for this thing to end at this point because I felt like he was really coming into form 
uh, as that target man up front for them um, and uh, really just showed his, his strength and his nose for, for goal. And uh, also uh, Isiel, who, uh, do you remember when he came on, we were asking how on earth did they get this guy? Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, again, not really sure. seemed like he was going to be somebody that was going to, um, uh, to maybe flop or, or, or maybe on the downward side of his career, but he's really been the, the engine. Wouldn't you say, I mean, he's, he's had some, uh, card issues, stuff like that. But I, when it comes to creativity, I feel like he's just been kind of the go-to guy in the midfield. Don't you? Yeah, he, he is class and he must have been unreal in Kazakhstan. Um, like when you see some of these players come over from Kazakhstan, you, you do think they're actually going to be quite good because they've got a couple of teams there who, um, like Klein Heisler went there, didn't he, to, to Astana. And, mm-hmm. and, this, and they have got money. So th- there's probably a reason why they have kind of snapped up that Vlad in the first place. And he... And he, he he came from like the um, Russian Premier League, um, so he, he's obviously got like a little bit of pedigree. Um, you, you always kind of have this have this kind of fear from any kind of foreign player that comes to the Hungarian League. Are they going to really care? Um, you see like Kishvada with their Brazilians, like so hit and miss, so inconsistent. Who was that lad who was about 20 stone, and he was about five foot three? And he's like, oh, this guy clearly doesn't care. I can't remember his name. Um, it was at Kishvada. But you just kind of have that fear with any kind of foreign player, especially Brazilian who comes mm-hmm. in. Are they really here for the, the game or are they here for the money? Um, and he's obviously an example of a player who is still um, got love for the game and still has that quality, even at kind of probably the twilight of his career-ish. Um, Bolly, like you say, is, is similar. Do you feel uh, like if he came? I'm sorry. Do you feel like if he came onto another team, though, he would have had the same passion, or do you feel like that was really a good fit? Just with, like if he came and, and played for for Wepesh, for instance, I don't think he would have. No. Right. I think I think Froddy, there's a there's a really good culture at that club right now. Mm-hmm. I everything that they everyone they buy almost team seems to do well, and I. I wonder if it. I wonder if a lot of it is to do with the, um, it to do with like playing in front of that crowd every week. Like it must be really uplifting, and you you, you kind of don't want to fail them. Really, you you don't want to fail a crowd like that. Um, and they've got kind of a rich, deep history, which maybe is like embedded in the club. They've got a great manager. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to you don't want to upset Rebrov either, do you? Because he seems like. He's sort of the man who would probably just snap your neck in half if he was <laughs> a little a bit look. pissed off. <laughs> Literally, yeah. He's yeah. like the coldest, coldest man I've ever seen on the sideline. He's just frozen there. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because they're, they're so far ahead and they asked him during that interview that I mentioned earlier, are you happy with the team? And he said, you know, pretty much, you know, you, you can never be too happy. And uh, yeah, I mean, so it's like it's like he can't even sit there and say, yeah, I'm really proud of the lads. You know, we're we're five points up. We're two games in hand. We're you know moving in the right direction. It just it's just another opportunity for him to say we could always be better. <laughs> yeah. I, can't I, I can't imagine he's ever been too happy in his life. <laughs> I wonder how many of these guys agents might tell them that this could be a stepping stone onto 
onto big things. Uh, and once they arrive at the club, and who wouldn't want to live in Budapest, um, play in front of those passionate fans? Um, mm-hmm. How many people then sort of think, actually, this is really cool here? And then when you get involved in, into that, when you get drawn into it, and you soon realise that, you know, the ultras are calling the captain over to come and have a chat with them because they've won a game they expected to win. You suddenly think, you know what, I need to be on my game. Like, yeah. top game, because this is stuff you'd have only have read about in books, like people turning up at training and, you know, damaging your cars and stuff like that. That's stuff like <laughs> yeah, it's stuff you expect to read in books, doesn't you? But when you're actually like, you see it happening and think, wow. I can't. Um, I can't come for the easy ride here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you have seen a few kind of um, come in and move on. Uh, can like Spirovsky, Pantsil, Gorian, but like a lot of them are staying. Um, yeah. And I guess you're gonna. You're always gonna kind of get that. The cream of the crop will kind of rise. Um, but it. it it's really working for Froddy at the moment. Their recruitment strategy is like bang on. I can't remember really the last um, proper flop that they have. They had like a few squad players who haven't kind of shone. But even somewhere like someone like Petriak, who's gone to Vidi, like he was class. Lanza Farmer. Mm-hmm. Lanza Farmer was quality. Well, look at, look at Zukov also. I mean, he came in, didn't have really a good relationship with. Um, uh, with Rebrov, and he's battled through it, and he's just ri- risen to the challenge. I think he's been one of the better players in, in the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, Top Mac, who's just class. Oh, like, yeah. It's no, like they got rid of Pantsil, and then they just got Top Mac in. He's arguably as good. When Top Mac came in, we were like, who is this guy? And yeah, he yeah. just has been delightful. I mean, he really is a fun player to watch, too, you know, because he's got great. Um, foot skills and great ball movement and just a good vision and yeah i mean there's really not a player on that that starting 11 that's not exciting if you ask me yeah no, they, they have been like for the last three or four years been so good to watch like i mm-hmm. i don't i'm not a friday fan at all but like i'd I'm, i'll always sit down and watch them because they're just so watchable they they, they have been for a long time like probably since gear went back there when they had high nile and Mm. Um, I, I've, yeah, I love Gorian when he was there. I love Spirovsky. Uh, I love Leo Del Almeida. He's still playing at like the age of 38. Um, Heister, I really like him. Um, like Pantsil down the years. Like they're they're so fun. They're such mm. a fun team, and like they play really good foot good football at times they've got some exciting players I, I loved Mutari when he was there and yeah. I thought he was pretty good for them and like they a lot they kind of get rid of these players um and they just replace them with better ones like right. I know Mutari went thing. into a different team in in the in the league like he was a bit inconsistent but like he was strong and then they just yeah upgrade with like Katarin or Tokmak or whatever it, it's pretty really impressive like yeah. they're, they're really impressive. Yeah, yeah, absolute hero from back in the day. Yeah, Matari's playing for Hanbed um, right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to jump to, and, and we could sit and talk about Friday all day long, and and I know our listeners love that. Uh, at least some of them do. But um, I wanted to jump to another team because, uh, and this is kind of closer to the other end of the table. But 
Um, Devertson is a team that I think at the beginning of the season, they, they were exciting. They were in the um, Europe League playoffs, I think, you know, kind of um, they had signed a bunch of forwards. They looked like that team that was going to play that wide open, uh, real exciting kind of attacking football. And, and it looked to work, especially in the league early on. And then all of a sudden, defensively, they just f- fell apart, didn't they? I mean, they, I, I think next to Kaplischwar, have given up the most, they've conceded the most goals in the league. I think it's 44 and 24 games. And, and, and then, then someone just turned off the spigot on their attack and they haven't just scored and they're heading in the wrong direction. Um, you know, I think when, when Sandor Naj went out with an injury, it was kind of like, Oh no, Katie bar the door and Kosicki came in and he's actually been one of their better players. He just doesn't have a, you know, a, a back line that's been organized. Um, I, I think uh, Adam Buddy coming in a little late in the season after being injured for so long, too, has really messed with their chemistry. I, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because we didn't think they were going to be in eighth place at this point. Uh, I, I didn't. I, I thought, you know, th- they were moving in the right direction. And then this season, they've really taken a dive. Um, I feel they've got a lot of inconsistent footballers in that squad. Like Adam Bodie can can be class when he wants to be. Hungarian national team player, I think. I think he played a couple of two or three times. Janos Ferenczi, I always I've always kind of liked him at left back. Um, but another one who's kind of inconsistent, like Attila Harris, um, Kevin Varga, like Mark Shet. Uh, can't believe it's not sexy or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> I he was like one of them, like Kleinheiser when he was youngster. He was um, proper tip for big things, but like he's, they've got a lot of inconsistency in there. And I, I feel like that with a lot of those middle of the road clubs, like Mesakovic as well. Really, they've got a lot of players who can be really good, and then can be not good. And if they hit a good run of form, then they could be up there-ish below the bottom two but then if they hit a bit of bad form then I, th- I think there's a lot of like all your, like, all your pests are very similar Honvey they're very similar they've got a lot of players who are okay at times but if they get into a bit of a bad run then they've probably not really got the characters to kind of build their way out of it they've got mm-hmm. Terger but like he's getting on a bit and and He's always been slow throughout his whole career, but he's even slower than he's ever was now. No offense, Danny, if you're listening, probably not. But um, but when Friday beat them six-one back at in November in in uh, in Debrecen, I was just shocked. I, I I couldn't believe that they conceded that many goals at in a home match. I, I just felt like that was the turning point of the season. Do you, I don't know if you remember that game, but it was a good crowd. Everything looked prime for them to uh, to bounce back. They had just beaten uh, Poch 3-1 at home. They're playing their second home game, and then they got just completely annihilated. I think that's the kind of the problem. Yeah, they, they can have, like, I don't think it's even uh, um, a, it's not horrendous to lose to Fro- Froddy like 6-1 because these clubs are miles behind. I, I think it's almost like goes under the radar just about how far behind they, these clubs are. Like if you think about all those players that we just spoke about, Frody, 
every single one of them players would get in the Debrecen team. Um, and you think about even their bench. Their, Freddie's whole bench would get in Debrecen's team. They probably all seven of Freddie's bench would be in the Debrecen team, including goalkeeper. Like Gross better than anything that Debrecen have got. Like you would, you genuinely wouldn't put anyone in that Debrecen team in the Freddie team, would you? And like I think almost every team, you'd be the same. Like Lanza Farmer, you might put in Freddie's team from Honved, but probably not because he there's a reason why he left Freddie. Like he wasn't really the first choice and he wouldn't have been now Bolly's there like you'd have Vidi players in there obviously but can you think of a player apart out of those um, away from Vidi and Froddy that would get in the Froddy team no of course not but I mean 6-1 I think is the largest margin I I, I guess my point in that was just saying I could see them beating Kapuspar and they did they beat Kapuspar 4-0 or 5-0 but but even even Kapuspar beat uh, Debrechen for one or four nil at some point. I, I, I guess I'm going back to the inconsistency part that you mentioned that they they have the capability of scoring. You know Varga Bodhi. Um, I thought it was Sichi, but you're telling me it's Mark Sexy. That's pretty cool. That's <laughs> it's not really. Name. It's not. It just looks uh, like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so like Anaji and Haruna Garba, the the two guys they added this year. I mean, God, they they have the, the talent to do it. But it's like they would they would have this uh, high pressure up top, really moving. They'd get into the area and they just fall apart, you know. Um, again, especially against some of the better better teams. But man, I just expected more from them, uh, honestly, this year. And yeah, you're right. The class difference between a Fradi and a Vidi and Debrechen or uh, Mezukovaj or you know Pushkas, it's it's you're never it's never going to be but six one I, you don't you don't see that a lot honestly yeah even in this league it's interesting you don't see that more like I wonder if teams like Frodi just take their foot off their gas a little bit or, or maybe underestimate these Do teams you a bit really more. I mean, if... think that Rebrov is going to take his foot off the gas? <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> It's weird that Froddy got battered by Mezikov just a few weeks ago as well. Well, I say a few weeks ago, it's a couple of months. <laughs> it was more like two months yeah. ago, right? Yeah, it's, every week's just fading into one, isn't it? And a draw, and a draw yeah. with uh, Zalajek thrown in there as well. Yeah. yeah. Very odd. But yeah, Deborah said now like one one win in their last five, which is uh, horrendous, and that was awful, uh, isn't it? That was uh, you know scraped a, a one nil against Tom's favourites, Kishvada, but. Um, this is such a such a great name from from anyone that, that was you know into Hungarian football ten years ago. To yeah. see that this club's in now, wow, it's just just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. What what a backtrack it is, and such a uh, such a great stadium there and everything like that. Which all right wouldn't have been full back in their heydays, but would have been you know a hell of a lot fuller there then, and they would have been able to have played there. Their Champions League's uh, group stages there is, you know, who knows what the what the future would have would have brought for them having to, you know, being able to play in their hometown. But yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible form. Mm. So Chris, if if the season was to end, it has pretty much ended. If 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 football doesn't come back behind closed doors or anything like that now, do you feel that the table as it stands is a is a good reflection? 
Um, or do you think there's teams that would have turned it around and could have uh, could have had some complaints? Uh, well, and I, I think I think the magical date here is 24th of May because they're saying what 20 days. Um, they need 20 days between that and and the latest they want to start the season is 13 June. So yeah. it's it's possible that they can do it, but I, I know that's not your question. The question would be. Um, I mean, the answer, I think, to, to the question, at least from my perspective, is, yeah, I, I think the biggest one would be um, Zaller Egeseg, who are, um, as far as I can remember, they're right outside of it. And they played a very, very strong season. They haven't sat back. They haven't tried to defend. Um, I think there's a shout for they had uh, they were they were going to battle all the way to the end of the season. Um, and so for them to 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 miss out being that close and then again as you guys have mentioned in the past being that size of a club that probably should be in in the first division i I think that's that would be really hard uh that would be a hard um pill to swallow for them um at the other at the other end of the table i think um um i think measure kovej would be extremely excited to to qualify for um european qualifiers for the first time in their history um, I think that they would feel that they might have a shot for second place as runners up. Um, but, uh, I, I think some teams that would be delighted might be Weepesh because I do think that, that a couple more weeks, they might be on the outs. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that it is overall, I think it's a, it's a good reflection, obviously, um, uh, Ferenc Bowers are the the top of the league, regardless. Even with um, with Biddy being that good of a squad, I, I still think that nobody beats Friday uh, over a 33 game season. Um, but Kapaspar uh, obviously out. But I I think it would be really tough with those three or four or five teams that are right there at the bottom. That um, it would it would have been fun to watch them play it out. And I think it's someone's going to feel really hard done by. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Zala Egezek would have been one good win away from seventh place. Mm-hmm. And then you know, on top of that would have, you know, seen them move up to fifth, etc. So it's, it would be really, really tough on those guys. But if you were, uh, you know, a court of arbitration or whatever that had to look at um, each club seasons, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But uh, Without bias, um, impartial. If you were impartial, uh, and someone had to present to you that, okay, Friday have two games in hand on Videoton. However, in the in the last five games, uh, Friday have had a draw with Salah Egezeg and, and lost to Mezakovesh. So, you know, how do you kind of... <laughs> and they're only three points behind them. So there's a good argument that as good as Friday are, and we know how good they are and that they will, you know, could go on to win it. If a season was to restart, like we all know how the winter break affects teams and, and we see someone who's at the top can end up at the bottom and vice versa. When a lot of these teams have a good argument for um, final positions not being where they are as it stands. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. Because like, Holland um, yesterday or where, last week um, cancelled their league and like 
no promotion, no relegation, I think is kind of what's going to happen over there at the moment. Like Ajax were leading the league and basically going to win it. And, and then they've been kind of, it's all been null and void and they've kind of taken it on the chin and just been like, yeah, okay, fine. Some things are bigger than football, but it's, it's, it's kind of how that leaves next season because uh, it's it's fine to say oh yeah we'll just have no relegation um, we'll have no league winner which I don't I genuinely don't think Froddy will be that pissed off about the thing they'll be pissed off about is or Vidi might be pissed off about is their chance to, to not get into the Champions League like they're, they're not going to be able to get into the Champions League now and if if that happens, like it's it's so up in the air, and that's that's what matters kind of so much to these clubs. Like their money rests on European, especially Frodi and Vidi. Like their livelihoods, their their the way that their clubs are the, those clubs are run. If they don't make Europe, then their budget for the next three or four years is going to be decrease decrease um, significantly. Uh, and they can't keep continue to carry on building as a football club because they haven't got European competition. And starting in the Champions League is a massive benefit to getting into the Europa League because you only play like what's happened with the past two years. We've had teams in your in actual European competition that have actually qualified for the group stage, which doesn't usually happen a lot. But that's because they've changed the rules where if you win the league and you drop down and you get through qualifying and then you drop down into the Europa League, you only play teams who've won the league. You don't play teams from like England. You don't play England sixth place. You don't play Spanish fifth place or whatever like that, which is a massive detriment. Um, it's like when Vidi played Bordeaux, they beat Bordeaux, but like they still had to play Bordeaux. Whereas Froddy, when they drop down into Europa League qualifying, uh, or when Vidi dropped down into Europa League qualifying when they were back in it a couple of years ago, um, they weren't playing anywhere near the quality of that. They were playing, um, I can't even remember, Ludogorets or something like that. Um, I mean, like Ludogorets are not an easy team to get past, but they're not as tough as someone like Bordeaux with like their massive budget. So that's what's going to be the biggest impact. It's not really like the league um, itself. Like, and and Mezikovic. They're going to be well pissed off. Like they, it's not about the third place. It's going to be. They're not going to be in Europa League next season. If, if, well, how do you, how do you, judge that? Like you can't just go off last season's positions for who gets into Europe. Like UEFA have basic. They said this week that they're putting it in the hands of the in the clubs, um, in in, in the nations. So like it's all resting on. Uh, football associations around Europe of what what to do, and like and then you think about MB2 like MTR if they if they completely null and void the league then they've got another year to wait to get back into the top tier. It's like it's, whew, it's mad. I, I wouldn't. Um, what I'd do is I'd give Froddy the uh, Champions League next season. I'd give Vidi Europa League next season. I'd give Mezakovic. And then I'd probably do like a playoff for fourth. Um, and then I'd keep Zalagosig in the league and then relegate Kapos for and probably hey, Tom, break wh- three why, up. Why are you saying that Mezikovic wouldn't be given uh, an Europa League spot if they're in third place? Uh, the, the, 
I don't. I, it's just I don't know how it'll work because, like, it it it's not a hundred percent that it'll be the like Europe, Europe, European places will be given to the top four now. Mm. Like that's not a given at all. Like UEFA haven't said that that should be the way. UEFA have said it rests on the Football Association. It needs to be given in a football um, kind of. It needs to be given rightly or whatever. You can't just be giving it to anyone. But like, I don't know. It, I did. I did read. I did read an article very, very briefly um, that said that Ferencváros may go into the Europa League. As straight opposed, into it. Yeah, straight in, as opposed to um, Champions League, which is probably quite a sensible thing, um, rather than going going through the qualifiers. If you get a place in those in those group stages straight away, then that's probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say I didn't take the article in fully. Uh, only had a, 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 glee, a sort of glance at it, but yeah, that was pretty much what what some of the sounds were coming out of Hungary were. This is the thing, like it could they could maybe just rerun Europa League, Champions League next year, as in like the teams who qualified basically qualify again. But then that means that your teams like your Mezikovic miss out. But then you think if you're Diosjor and you're two points behind Pushkash, you're like you'll be well pissed off that you've missed out on Europa League. Um and like because doesn't really seem fair to me, but then it also doesn't seem fair to me that Mezakovic would miss out. Like it's, so is it, I think it, you'd have it, to do playoffs it, or like little tournament round robins or something like that. Yeah, and it depends when you even start the league. Like if mm-hmm. like Champions League, when does Champions League qualification start? It's supposed to start in July. Yeah, but they could always um, give the Hungarian Cup place to fourth place in the league if you like. Yeah, but then that's still going, isn't it? It is, but you know, if if the league's not going to finish, it's very unlikely that the that the cup would. Yeah. Um, you know, no one can really at this stage say we would have won it. It's not like it was a final or anything like that, you know. So, uh, you yeah. know, possibly you could give that you could give that place up. And it's a good possibility that they're not going to have um, dates to be able to fit the Hungarian Cup uh, in because you're going to try to fit in what 11 no what seven eight more matches in six weeks seven weeks there's no way but then then what do you say to your end sake or your hundred absolutely and the semi-finals it's it's it, obviously it's not a perfect world everyone's suffering yeah, it's really <laughs> you it's, gotta it's, you gotta make tough so, decisions it's and, so tough isn't it and the dutch it's made right. a really tough decision and they're getting hammered for it right now but they made a decision Mm-hmm. And I think it's brave that Holland have uh, have come out with that decision to to null and void the league because you know they've got some big clubs in there. Ajax, obviously, that incredible Champions League run, their history. Everyone knows who Ajax are. Uh, PSV, you know, that, these sort of big teams in there. Feyenoord, FC Twente. There's there's lots of teams that we used to see year in year out in Europa League, Champions League. For them to make that decision that, you know what, the season's just, that's it, we, some things are more important. I think that might be, that might have a knock-on effect now for the other leagues to start coming out and doing the same thing. Because this isn't like, you know, the Hungarian, if I was to tweet tomorrow, the Hungarian season is finished and is null and void. So what, you know? 
But for a team like, you know, it's big news that, that they did it in Holland. So I think a lot of team, a lot of countries will follow suit and we'll see some of the bigger countries do it. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm just, I'm just looking at their league now. Um, AZ Altmar actually joined on points with Ajax. So you'd think that they'd have... That's like, like you say, it's a really bold decision to do that because hmm. uh, when was the last time RZ like, won the league? Like, it would have been a long time ago. And they've just, yeah, they've taken on that, resp- um, that responsibility and just nulled it, which, like you say, it might have a knock-on effect. They're like, they'll point to Holland and say, that's what they've done. I think we should probably do the same or, or whatever. I don't think they'll do it in England because I think that if <laughs> they can't do it in England because Liverpool fans would go mad. But um, I think they can do it quite easily in Hungary and would be able to get away with it. But I think that, that I think the MLS said say that they're trying to get a date, aren't they? Like if these games haven't been done before this date in June or whatever, then we'll just null and void it. But I feel like you, you, you'd be able to in Hungary play games behind closed doors pretty safely. I think they're already talking about it to do it in the Bundesliga, and they'd. And they like, and they think that that's quite um, practical, and you'd have a lot more security. Obviously, you'd have a lot of security over there compared to what you would here in in Hungary. You could just put eleven players on the pitch um, for officials, and that's basically it. Cameraman sorted. The t- the, a lot of the teams are already um, training as well. I've I've read. That yeah, they're back, six, aren't they? Yeah, six or seven, and and what they're doing is that they're you're they're, you can't arrive by public transportation. You can't go into the dressing rooms. You, you drive up, you walk onto the pitch. They have small groups of four to six players that have to stay at least a meter to two meters apart. You play with your own ball. You pick it up. You take it home, and you go home. No baths. <laughs> no nothing. And it's like you could do that with a game. Everybody just comes dressed, go straight to the dugout. <laughs> I've I've seen more ridiculous stuff in Hungary. Like it's when Niagri Niagri Haza were um, playing a game in like January because they missed one um, in in the first half of the season, so they had to play in January to make up one of their games. And because they'd lost a lot of players over the winter break, they had to play with two goalkeepers outfield. Oh yeah, <laughs> Can you remember that? Yes, that they, they still got a one-one draw against yeah. Poch. Well, it's they, against Poch too. But it, it was unbelievable. <laughs> they had this thirty-eight-year-old goalkeeper started up front. Another guy on the left wing. That's it. That was Gabby, wasn't it? Yeah, Gabby no, won the Suited you up. My issue with that: if if Friday are going to win the league, um. Of course, we you know we all agree they're going to win the league. So they're playing behind closed doors. Uh, that day comes when they're they're going to be crowned champions. Are you going to tell me that the whole of the district of Ferencváros and wider isn't going to go outside the stadium and celebrate that? True, true. That is a problem, and that's what you <laughs> saw in the Champions League when PSG played. Um, yeah, I can't remember who they were playing, but they were playing someone big in the Champions League, and all the bloody fans were outside, red, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah, and that you know, the, of all the clubs that are going to do that kind of thing, it would be it would be those guys, but you know, that's going to happen. So, 
you know, what issues do you have there? And this, wow, they no nobody seems to uh, nobody seems to know what's going to go on. But it's strange how we get daily death figures from countries throughout the world and every day and still, you know, a lot of people are just, when's football coming back? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's yeah. frightening, isn't it, really? I mean, you know, the world's the world's going to be a completely different place. Football's going to be different. You know, for, for disasters to happen and, and seasons to be written off or whatever, so be it. It's, it's, a, it's a piece in history that, that everyone's going to have been a part of. And, uh, <laughs> you know in the history was when it says oh well you know but the hungarian first division made a made a choice to play fox versus uh kaposvar <laughs> so what yeah so what yeah i would miss that i would you would chris. <laughs> absolutely chris we've gone way 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 off course again this is this is what happens when you have me steering the ship instead of you my friend but have you got any more stats you want to give us there's no icebergs on the way, is there? What's that, Tom? There's no icebergs in the way, is there? <laughs> no. But I'm sure he'll call them out. Of uh, course, yeah. Just as I'm jumping off. But I'll stand I'll stand on the uh on the prow of the ship and say I'm king of the world. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess that's not a prow, I'm not sure what it's called. Um I yeah, I mean I can I can go into all sorts of stuff here. Um we've got a number we've got twelve teams. And there's there's been so much uh, fun stuff, uh, just a lot of players that have joined the league that uh, I don't think we really talk much about. I don't think most people care about, but I I feel like these are the types of players. If you're following the league, not just Fradi and Fahervar and 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 you know the, the the big teams. There's so many really good stories. Um, obviously, Magic Havaj is one, um, and you know within that team. Um, it's just a bunch of middlings, but to see somebody like, for instance, um, uh, Peter Shapanosh, who, uh, has taken over the number one in that team, he's a really good goalkeeper. And I think he's really shown that. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, looking at, looking at players like Andre Neskarov and Alex Karnitsky that came into that team, um, just top to bottom, the spine of that club is just solid and the the teams that they've shut down have they been completely consistent no but to see someone like Attila Couture come in and create this club that can actually get to a podium spot to me has been extremely impressive um and the numbers just prove it you know uh in stat they have some of the highest uh, Thomas Cherry who has one of the highest in stat average scores uh, in the league right now. I mean, honestly, we've seen him fairly good, consistent player last year. This is—I would say this has to be one of his best seasons. And how old is he? Thirty-two. Yeah. Something like that. Getting on a bit in the uh, nearly in his mid early thirties, I think. Yeah. So, um, and then you know, uh, and I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll let you comment on that. But I mean, just looking at Zaller, like I said we talked about uh, Andres Rado, and. Five goals in his last five games. A lot of those are penalties, but the fact that the the, the matter is that he's creating those opportunities as well. Um, uh, he, he's they're, they're such a good team, and I, I hate the fact that they've they've lost so many games by a goal, or they've they they uh, they, they were beating Friday at one point, and they, Friday scored twice. 
uh, to either win or, or draw that that game. And, and it was just heartbreaking to see that they had done enough to get a point and they get nothing. You know, um, there's just so many of those games for for ZTE that that's happened. And it's just frustrating to watch. But um, uh, just I want, I want to hear your thoughts, uh, Tom, on on Magic of Edge. I know we, we talked a little bit about that, but also um, um, Zaller Agasag, too. And where do you think they're they're going? I th- I think they'll be really good next season. Um, supposing they are kept in the league, which y- you'd hope they would be, because that would be ridiculously harsh if they relegated them. Um, I think they'll be really good next season. I think they've they've had a lot of kind of new players come into the side, um, like Stieber, Burla, Mitrovic, um, Rado as well. I think Rado was new this season. Yes. Christian Tomash. Um, I think Boba was new as well, David rather than Gergay. Um and they're kind of you just seeing them all merge together and gel a little bit, I think, at this the this second half of the season. And if honestly they've got players that kind of that uh, like if I go right from the through the team, like Demian was really highly rated at MT Car, um, was Hungarian under twenty one international. Um, and I've, I've seen him play quite a few times for Hungary under 21. So I think he's, I think he's really good. I think he's got loads of potential. David Bobal, we know, we kind of been solid. He won the league with Honved when he was like 21 or whatever. Went abroad um, to Czech Republic league because he's, he's ta- that talented. Kocic was at Dots, like another really highly talented player. Christian Tomas, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, I used to think he was. I used mm. to think he was going to make it when he played for Milan. Um, mm. I really did. And then he apparently got kind of uh, attitude issues um, and went to like Slavia, stayed around in Italy a little bit, bounced around. Um, when went then went to Vidi and didn't really play. It was kind of where Vidi were gobbling up a lot of those Hungarian players. Um, then in midfield, you got like Nikola Mitrovic, who won the league a couple of times with Vidi. I thought he was, I used to think he was class there. Um, apparently, he was pretty good in Israel as well, playing for a decent side out in Israel. Um, who was it? Oh, yeah, Maccabi Tel Aviv. I can remember they played against Vidi in one of the um, qualifiers, and Mitrovic came back. Uh, Steve, obviously, we know how good he can be. Berla, who was amazing in Romania, didn't really get that many opportunities at Frodi. Bartzi used to be class uh, in the Hungarian league. And then you got Rade, you got Gergay Bobal, and you got I've not really seen too much of those two American guys, but um you think they're probably a little bit talented if they're coming over. Well, um, I, I saw twenty two year old. Yeah, uh, Edovi Ikobar, who came over from uh, at the beginning of the season, he played at Dartmouth in the Ivy League here in the States. And his um, his YouTube uh, highlight video was pretty impressive um, with some goals from from way out and just very strong guy. But yeah, he's is he just come like from college or something then he played? Yeah, he played in college and then. uh, and he, I think he brought over somebody that he knew also another guy um, who played uh, what's his name uh, they're both they're both Nigerian uh, descent I think Eric McWoods also came over from America so they've got you know, two Americans there now but 
yeah, he came directly from from Dartmouth. And I remember at the beginning, I was tweeting Dartmouth to show because he scored that one goal against um, Friday, I think. Um, and it was awesome. Um, he just powered his way in and, and got a shot. And I'm like, do you see what <laughs> do you see what your former player is doing? And finally, somebody threw up a like and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But uh, yeah, I mean, he I, I really I, I'm sorry. I have to give a shout out to him because he's American, of, of course, and he's playing. Hungarian football and I really like him and um, I feel like every time they need an injection of strength and uh, whatever attacking news up front they, they throw him up there but um, I agree I mean they, they've got some great players and I think when Bula came in that showed some intent also to say we're not we're not content to be really impressive also Rams you know really really want to stay in this league I just I'm just looking at Ikaba's Wikipedia page. He was actually drafted by FC Dallas in the um, in the last in the 2019 draft. But nobody wants to go to Dallas. No, <laughs> is, is that why he left? <laughs> oh, it's too hot. Man. It's just... <laughs> True. There's a lot of. Uh, I'm not going to say. Unless you're playing for the Cowboys or something. Yeah. Yeah, it might be a bit bit different playing for the Cowboys compared to FC Dallas. Mm-hmm. I imagine. Um. Yeah. Few. Few. Few less fans. Yeah, and I, I, I think I think he felt like he would also get a lot more playing time, and he did at the start, and um, and he was somewhat productive, and then it kind of fell off, and I feel like they were looking for more from him. But I, I do think that where he's at now, um, he's he's there's a lot of good competition, and I think that's that's helping him out. But we'll see what happens. I'd like to see them keep him, but who knows? You wonder how these players get here, though, don't you? Like, <laughs> like it's so random. Uh, all the teams in the world. Um, I know, like you didn't get a contract with Dallas or left Dallas or whatever. I didn't think you'd get playing time, but to end up at Zaligershek, so bizarre, so random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a global game. It certainly is. Chris, have you got anything more for us before we move on to my uh, my next uh, questions for you guys? Well, I do want to talk about WePass just because um, I know that you have some some fun stuff to talk about there but um i know and i know we've talked a lot about um just how disappointing the season's been for them um the 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 ownership the way they've handled the supporters the way they've handled the season and player movements personnel changes um you know i mean i, I kind of felt like they were in a pretty good position heading into the winter break and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere, um, Fixation is gone. And you're thinking, this this guy scored eight goals in 12 appearances. He's just the heart and soul of their attack. And, you know, oh, well, well, yeah, we'll just we'll let him go to a, a second division side uh, who are obviously far more um, interested in <laughs> being a successful team than we are. Um, but, uh, to see, to see someone Novotny come back and, um, you know, I thought he was gone after he went to, what was it? Did he go to like Korea somewhere? Um, I don't remember where he went, but, he, and then he came back and just thought he would be, but he ended up scoring four goals in the last five games, I think. And, and, uh, looks like he's kind of returned, but still nothing like a fixation who came in and was just captain material. And now he's gone and, it's just falling apart, you know? Um, so I, I just, I wonder really what's going to happen there. It's there's, I feel like there's so much going behind the scenes, like a wizard of Oz, you know, 
pay no attention to the mess behind the screen. But what's what's happening there? That's that's my question. That's what I want to know is really what's going on there. Well, say you know the ownership problems um, everyone's aware of the the fans that you know a lot of fans have, have boycotted a lot of fans that have gone for decades that are just not going to games now. Um, there's a lot of lost revenue there um, from people that have just you know said ah, that's enough for us. We're we're not coming back until until this mess is sorted out. Um, it's incredible that, that that they're in the position that that they are because, in terms of that, you know, obviously their biggest rivals are Fradi, um, and they've always been able to compete for them, compete with them up to a point, despite being, um, you know, okay, the stadium's okay. Um, it's it was always like one of the more modern ones before all the other ones got an upgrade. So, you know, it's looking a bit tired now, but it's it's you know more than fit for purpose. It, it, it kind of works okay. Um, but the, the the fans are not going. They're they're just not going to the games now, and it's understandable because, you know, it's it's been it's not even like you know, like the way when Vincent Tan went to Cardiff and you know let's change your club colours and let's do this and let's do that. The people still went. You know, they they kind of like as much as they as much as they uh, didn't like it, they still win. They're still winning their thousands and everything like that. But Hungary's a completely different kettle of fish and um, they're not putting up with it. Um, even the protests now seem to have like waned as well because it's just like it's having no effect whatsoever. Um, so it's turned from like anger to apathy, hasn't it? Yeah. And, and players-wise, like I say, going, going to Voshosh, like they're... They're like um, historical big rivals to to Repest as well. So, yeah, all right, that's not necessarily there now. But to say to take that drop down to the to the second division is is just balmy. But you know, you don't know what um, what constraints are. Like, when something's bad at the top, it filters down, doesn't it? It filters all the way down. Results ain't going your way. Maybe he you knows something that everyone else doesn't. Um, you know what's what's coming around the corner um, and jump ship, but it's it's sad to see them in in, in that position. It's say so the league's always been a funny league where you could be let's say the winter break you could be bottom and and end up finishing fourth or fifth. You know it's it's, it's bizarre like that, but it's just not happening for them. It really, really is isn't. And um, yeah, you know they're one of the great names. They they are. Absolutely up there with with Friday as as one of the great names of of Hungarian football, and it doesn't look like it's it's going to get any better anytime soon. Maybe with everything that's happening, obviously due to the coronavirus, that this might be the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of letting the club go. Um, but then who takes it on with a with a, an uncertain situation? So. I hope things get better for them, but say normally on a, on a run that they're doing, fans are calling for the manager to go and things like that. But they just get it; they just understand that. Good luck to you, mate. Wanting to wanting to drive this ship that's kind of like you know rudderless. Tom, do you have anything to say on that? Are you um, still eating cake? <laughs> it's gotta be easy in cake, I think. No, I ain't got any oh, cake right. here. 
No one, no one loves me enough to buy me a cake or, or create me a cake or however you call it. Bake, that's the word I was looking for. Build, uh, build you a cake? Build, yeah. Build, yeah. I think someone has built the one that Gabby is eating because it is absolutely enormous by the looks of it. I'm dropping a lot. Beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely massive. Oh, man. I am jealous. Um, I promise you, Tom, as soon as this is all over, you come down and, and have some cake. <laughs> Thank you. Bobby. He's lying to you. Your... It's all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, listen, you mentioned some foreign players, like, over just, just through those last sort of minutes that we were talking about and, you know, the squads that Friday have, that Zalega, Zek have and everything like that. So, who's the best foreign player to play in this league over the last 10 years? Um, for me, uh, I, I, I loved him, Mo Besic. Um, I thought he was, like, outstanding when he was in Hungary. Like, you you could just tell as soon as he came that he was like different gravy. Um, his defending was class on the ball. He was class. Um, another one who came to Froddy um, and just absolutely loved his time here. Um, he had a massive, had a real affinity with the crowd, a real connection with the crowd. And this was kind of um, at the, when, when Freddie were, when Freddie were kind of coming back into their dominance, it was early days of that. They weren't quite the finished article yet, and there were kind of frustrations. It was when they were playing at the push push Ferenc, and they were very inconsistent side. But he was just he just lit it up, um, and amazingly, when he was at Freddie, he played in the World Cup in that 2014 um, in the 2014 World Cup in Brazil and practically until the last minute marked Messi out the game for Bosnia against Argentina and then Messi as he always does pops up with an absolute screamer to win it for them but he was classed that season and there was there was no um there was no surprise that he went to Everton and 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 did did all right there to be fair like he he got a lot of injuries and it was really really a shame that he didn't go on to better things because um, I thought he was going to, I really thought he was going to shine in England. I thought he was going to be at least a, um, a first team of a, a consistent first team of Everton and, and maybe better than that as well. Like I thought he had everything. Um, he could play right back, he could play centre half, he could play cent- defensive centre mid. He was quality on the ball, like quality positionally, um, quality defensively. He, he had everything. And he had the heart as well, and he still does have that heart. Um, he's barely played for Sheffield United this season. I've barely seen him, to be honest. I, I keep forgetting that he's even there. Um, he's kind of just played a few cup games and stuff. But um, hopefully, um, maybe goes back to Everton again in the summer and, and Ancelotti warms to him or whatever and, and gets another shot there. Because I think he deserves it. And I think he still can be classic. I thought, in, yeah, in, in, at Froddy, he was just amazing. And, uh, and he's still the highest, um, he's fetched the highest salary for a Hungarian base player ever. I think it was like five million that he went for, which just shows how how good he was. That's an excellent shout. Really, really was outstanding. Mm-hmm. And Chris, what about yourself? 
Um, well, it's the, I have to admit, it's probably a little more of an unfair question than me because I've only been following for the past five years or so. But I will say, David Ngog. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I think we've had so much fun at his expense since he, he joined the league because um, he's just been absolute trash since he came. But anyways, um, I, uh, no. Last time I was in Hungary, I went. I was going to the Honzad game and um, I was just on the tram to MT Carl where they were playing um, and these Australian guys were on the, on the same um, on, on this, obviously. Uh, going to going to watch the game and they were like, well, I'm not. I was going to do an Australian accent, but I'm not going to do it because no, there. because I, um, we actually definitely have people who live in Australia who listen to this. So I'm definitely not offending them and all the Kishore <laughs> fans that support uh, follow us as well. Um, they were like, what? Why does Devin and Gorg play for Hornved, mate? Is that good? Um and yeah, they just couldn't believe and they were like they I bet he's smashing it up. I was like, Yeah, he's de- he's definitely not smashing it up. You'll see tonight. Yeah, sorry, sorry to set up for you, Chris. No, it's okay. But I, I think if you remember way back when I started, I was trying to find a team that I could just latch on to support just to gain more interest in. And I really fell in love with Ennis Barty, who um, at the time was probably the best player on. Um, I, I, I mean, we I, I'd heard that Weepest were one of the the class teams with the you know the the history and all that kind of stuff. They they didn't look at the first season I got on. They were they were doing okay, but um, his free kicks, this his vision, his command. Um, and his, you know, low center of gravity was like a the the Hungarian Leo Messi. I felt like, and I was just really, really impressed with him. And then where he's gone since then, I mean, obviously going to La Liga, playing over there um, has been fun, and to see them, to see him playing internationally as well and, and doing well. So, um, I, I think he's he's one. And then um, uh, again, I've got to stay somewhat uh, recent, but. Uh, Loic Nigo as well. Um, I know that he's probably going to turn Hungarian in terms of national um, being able to play, but uh, um, I think he's uh, still considered French, right? So yeah. um, I feel like he would be considered a foreign player, but I, I think consistently he's been one of the best all-around players in the league in at least the last four or five years. And this body's a great show. He was he was class. Um, like you say, still is. Free, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like his free kick taking ability was unbelievable. But like his all round play was just class. Like he had that really low center of gravity, um, mm-hmm. kind of go both ways. Amazing shot on him. Amazing passing, crossing, everything. I remember it was um, a couple of seasons ago when Barca. He, they played against Barca when he was at Leva, when he's at Levante. Mm-hmm. He scored like two like worldy free kicks against them when they won like five four. And you see him like bossing the game against Barca. Um, and you just think you're almost like a bit, a bit proud of him to be fair, like where he's mm-hmm. come from, from to go from Oypes to, to playing regular La Liga football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was yeah, a great show. I used to love watching him play. Mm-hmm. Well, the one the one I've got. Tom, that I hope you remember 
um, and and Chris might have just been a, a little bit outside your time, but do you remember um, Nikon El Maestro? Oh God, yeah. We had an interview with him for the website, I think, didn't we? What a crazy, crazy, crazy guy. <laughs> no, I, I just, Chris, I'm joking, by the way. This this guy, <laughs> his his hype is just ridiculous. He's his actual name is Nikon Yevtich, but he changed it to El Maestro. <laughs> now, how many like his youth career? So this is just his youth career before he started playing senior football. He had five different youth teams: West Ham, Austria Vienna, Valencia, Schalke 04, and Austria Vienna again. As oh a my youth. god! Yeah. Right? So before, before he was 18. Before yeah, before he's even kicked a ball at senior level, and he came to Weepest, and everyone was like, "Wow, okay, what's this guy all about?" And made like two appearances. He was. Wow. Absolutely horrendous, and I think he came back, didn't he? Actually, he went to Nirijaza as well, if I remember, for for a few appearances. But oh my god, that guy was hopeless. But Tom, where do you think he is now? Um, I don't know. Probably back in where was he? Serbia? He was half English, I think, wasn't he? I, well, he was born in Belgrade, but there must have been something for for him to have been at West Ham as a as a kid yeah I can remember him being like half English or something I, I have no idea probably back in Serbia I guess do you know what he's he's 26 years old really is he only 26 26 years old <laughs> and he's the assistant manager of Sturm Graz what, <laughs> what? like this the, the assistant manager of the youth team or of the 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 senior team the senior team Oh, oh my God! Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Saint Albans or something. No, it's just bizarre, isn't it? In Fair fact, play, it's done quite well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just uh, just bizarre, isn't it? But I mean, to, to go, he's got, so he's not playing then. <laughs> no, no, he's he's um, to <laughs> take football management. Oh my God! Clearly, uh, a better manager than than he ever was a player, but. Um, <laughs> to go back in all seriousness the the best like there's been so many good the two that you brought up were absolutely fantastic but do you know for me it it's leonardo do you remember leonardo at Ferenc oh Park? yeah he was quality wow what a guy um chris he might well yeah again he's probably just outside your the time scale of when when you sort of got involved with hungarian mm-hmm. but for a guy that had like, he was only at Ajax a few years before, and um, another person you thought was coming in just to stroll around, and and to be fair, he did a lot of strolling around, but he he was incredible. The passes that he used to pick out, and and some of the goals that he scored as well. He only had like a season at Ferencvar, so it's quite quite unfair to all the other foreigners really that have come in and done really well. But for me. I'd pay money to watch that guy any day of the week. He was absolutely brilliant. He, um, I think, I think it was like last minute against Wiepes. I think, I think it was nil nil at the time, and he got the ball just inside his own half and just took on about four or five players and just slotted it home in the last minute. And I think ever since that, after that moment, he was just basically in, 
in the heart of every Friday fan for scoring that goal. It was away at Oyepest as well. He was massively rated as a young uh, as a youngster. Like I remember when he signed for Froddy, and um, everyone was like, uh, all the kind of people who knew him on Twitter were like, "What? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, he he's going there." Because like, when he was at Feyenoord and I think Ajax and stuff, like he was he was tipped to be like like one of the best players in the world, and like about and then I think he was like when he was like twenty nine or or so, yeah, he came to Froddy like one of them where the um, kind of career tail spins out of control a little bit, but yeah, he was so good in 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 Hungary. Yeah, I I what when I first saw. Remembered him. It was from like the old Pro Evolution soccer games and all of that. <laughs> when he used to, you know, play the Ajax team that they had back then. And yeah, wow, he was just, you know, another guy. Who's, like you say his career could have been so much different if it weren't for some horrible injuries. But yeah, he he was uh, he's definitely one that, that I remember. So he, um, he played in the UEFA Cup final in 2002 <laughs> um, when Feyenoord actually won it, and he was part of that team. Beat wow. Borussia Dortmund in the final. Robin van Persie and Pierre van Hooydonk were up top for final that day, and he wow. came on. And Salomon Kalou was playing as well. Yondal <laughs> Thomason. What a team this was! Yeah. He went when obviously Moniz was the Ricardo Moniz was the manager of Friday when when he signed for them, and then he went to 1860 Munich and took. Oh yeah, he kept following him, didn't he? With him. Yeah, and then obviously when when Moniz left there, he he uh, didn't get a chance, and that was the end of him. Yeah, and Moniz actually turned up in Notts County, and yeah. there was like massive rumours that Leonardo was going to join him at Notts County in like League Two. He must have, must have like been his son or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one. But guys, so to move on, we we talked about the best foreign player to play in our league. So again, Chris, I'm. I'm sorry, so you can obviously go from when you started watching, but the last 10 years, who have been the best Hungarian side in the first division? Because we've had some greats. We've had the great Debrets inside. We've had the, the dominating Videoton side, um, Friday, obviously. And we also had an MT Car win in there as well, didn't we? Sort of sandwiched in in between all these guys. So your opinion on, on the best the best side over the last 10 years? Um, well, I'll do over the last five because that's what I know. Um, and it's funny because um, when I got there, it was, uh, I think the first season that I saw full season was the the uh, the, the year that Honved won. And um uh, that was a crazy season. There was, it didn't seem like there was really um, a dominant side there, and 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 Friday wasn't that great. Um, and then Videoton uh, won, and then you know Friday. I, to me, I think I feel like Ferenc Virus has has been over the last three or four years, especially, um, and uh, just the amount of money they have, the amount of talent that they're bringing in, their coach. Um, and uh, what they're putting together. So anything before that, um, I'm I'm really fuzzy. In fact, I'm I'm probably just so out of touch in that. But um, recently, I I think it's got to be hands down um, Friday. 
I um, I, there's been a lot of good teams over the past ten years. Um, I think if we go back as far as um, probably about twelve years now to Debrecen's team that got to the Champions League, that was amazing. Where they had like Gay Rudolph, Joseph Farga, Lashlo Bodnar, Adam Kulabali, uh, Sidibe, all, all that gang. That 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 was a class team. I loved Jaw in um, like around 2013 under the much despised Pinter. Um, I used to I used to really love watching that team. They reminded me of like a Hungarian. Um, this is probably blasphemy, but um, they reminded me of like a Hungarian Dortmund. I thought they were just they were just so good to watch. Putkai obviously involved in that team back then. They had some like really class players uh they're kind of they played like four two three one and the three that kind of sat behind um the striker were just so good there was it was kind of um like very interchangeable there was so many players who kind of played that role it was like rudolph was there for a bit then you had like tarmo kink if you remember him he was class oh, yeah. um Conover- Sorry? Yeah, Rock Kronovator, yeah. Yeah, Kronovator, yeah, Stresic, like Andrić, Leandro Martinez, who hung around in the Hungarian League for a bit. Um, Roland Varga was there back then. Um, Colmar, when he was kind of just coming through and he looked like he was going to be uh, the next big thing, as so many do. Um, yeah, that, that was a really fun side. Uh, and then... Um, and you've obviously had Vidi and Trotty be dominant um, over the last five years, and it's hard to it's hard to kind of pick the best team of those. I think um, like Vidi, Vidi are very attritional in my opinion. Like I don't find them as exciting to watch as Frodi. Um and that's probably because um, they're probably not quite as good like man for man but um so yeah I'd pick Froddy as my best um overall like I think it was that 2015-ish season where they had like class everywhere um they had like Christian Ramirez at left back who was quality another one of probably the best uh foreign players to have played in our league he was he was unreal and he was like what 19 20 when he was over he was class he had like Adam Nodge in this kind of first season I think Somalia was still playing back then Gira um just before um the uh Euros um Berda at his best um yeah it was just it was just a class team um I yeah I I, I kind of really was a massive fan of that Friday team is it was kind of just before it was kind of on the cusp of just becoming very, very good and dominant. And that season, I thought kind of it was the culmination of, of their best. And I think it was it that first kind of um, few months in the summer season where didn't they win like 13 in a row or something silly. Um, and I think it was only, I think they, I'm not, I feel like I might be making this up, but I think they only lost one, uh, only dropped points in one game before the winter break or something daft like that 
they were just class. I think I think that is the best team of the last ten years. We have had some great ones, um, and really exciting ones. Um, but um, yeah, I think it was that Frolly team in um, 2015, 2016, just before the Euros, which was one of my favourites. Excellent. I've got to go for the Honved, haven't I? Really. <laughs> <laughs> you said a couple of weeks ago they weren't very good to watch. No, I mean, they were. They were. <laughs> For me, that 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 Deborah's inside was just just special. It was just yeah, absolutely. Their domination was incredible. Win something like seven out of nine years that won the league and players that they had there, the football they played, it was brilliant. It was a fantastic show. In fact, the last the last title. Debrits and won. They they won it on. Um, they were tied on points, weren't they? And won it on uh, on goal difference. Yeah. Yeah. Look at yeah. Look at now. They both ended up on sixty two points, and uh, yeah, it was um, five goals in it that gave Debrits and the the title. But yeah, just remembering those players, Kulibai, and um, yeah, especially he, he's one that always sort of stood out for me. But they had to, they had loads of. Um, some real sort of classic standout players that could have could have easily have ended up in our best you know foreign players to to have played in that league. Um, yeah. yeah, they they were on fire. But yeah, you know, Jers really. I know you love to hear the word underrated, Tom. But yeah, they 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 really really were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like they just they were quality for for a good couple of years. Um, and I, it was just such a like it's so sad to just see them just completely fold i mean that wasn't even like the hungarian um government thing that was that was something to do with some the insurance uh, company that sponsored them wasn't it yeah yeah and it just completely destroyed the club just yeah, they it, went bust it's ironic because um I, I remember buying higher car insurance and it was through the same company that were, that were involved in that that are still going today oh really yeah the name completely ex- escapes me now um no no it's completely gone but yeah just just remember that like i thought oh what do i want here do i want to be faithful to Dior or do i want to get this car insurance covered <laughs> <laughs> you think so back guys, to that that, that was team and oh. like i'm just looking through some of their players now like you got there's still there's still some that are knocking about like you got Leandro D'Almeida, Corhut, Adam Bodhi, um, Rudolph still knocking about, Fetchison, right? <laughs> some, some absolute classic names. Let's go. Uh, incredible, absolutely incredible. So guys, listen, some more breaking news that kind of happened over the last few days. Um, you guys spoke a lot about about him on on one of the previous pods, and that was uh, Dominic Soboslai. Really weird for an international manager to come out and and say this kind of thing. But Marco Rossi, obviously our national team manager, uh, said to a, an Italian journalist for for one of their publications that. Um, he had been speaking with Soberschlei and his agent and that they were in advance talk. Well, that there were several teams in Serie A that were and they've narrowed it down to three, uh, Inter, Milan and Lazio. Um, 
and Rossi said that he's before obviously this coronavirus outbreak that he was in advanced talks with one of those three um but he's not sure obviously where that where that stands now so what's your thoughts on that um Chris give give us your thoughts on that first of all well I think it's in Rossi's best interest for Silver Slide to to join a club like that right I mean he's he's looking for um a team to get the best out of him and and hopefully get him in a position where he can play in some higher profile, more technically skilled types of matches consistently. And so um, I think when I brought this up, Tom, you, um, we were kind of talking a little bit about this before that, you know, this, there's a lot of speculation here. There's so much that's going to be happening uh, between now and then because of the pandemic and because of all the stop and starts and, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty, but I think for, for Rossi to, to kind of bang this drum in a sense to keep the talk going is, is in his best interest and also in the, in the player's best interest to, to play the best team possible. Is it going to happen? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think there's just way too much up in the air. I think it's, it's fun to talk about. Um, and even though there's a lot of people that are interested, um, you know, I, it's, it's, it just seems really, um, I, I would say at least a toss-up that anything like that would happen at this point. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I don't want to see him to go to any of them clubs that were mentioned. Um, Inter, he won't play. Um, they've got a lot of, um, not a lot of money, but they're, they're splashing the cash a little bit and um, they've got a a lot of ambition at least um, with Conte going back there and and if they want to be challenging for the title are they going to kind of give Soboslai enough time if he doesn't adapt straight away to that league I don't think so, I think that they want ready-made players right now Inter um, it, it'd be class if Soboslai was good enough to just walk straight into that team and um, yeah, and, and it'd be it's a, a, definitely an alluring destination, um, a team that's uh, competing for the Serie A title. But I think it is it's, it's a risk to go there. Um, Lazio was another one, wasn't it? Um, another team that um, are challenging for the Serie A title. Probably a, a team that are a little bit more suited because um, they're a, a team who are kind of. There's no superstars really, whereas Inter you've got like Sanch- uh, Alexis Sanchez, Romelu Lukaku, um, Latoura Martinez, um, players who have kind of been brought in with massive wage wages and um, massive transfer fees, and you think um, that's just going to kind of continue. So it's going to be very hard for Tobosla to get in there. Whereas Lazio is kind of a team who are um, a very well put together side, but names that kind of don't really roll off the tongue as much, um, kind of overachievers really. Um, more you kind of your Dortmund than you than your Bayern, and and maybe that is quite an alluring destination as well. I think more so than Inter. Um, and then you've got Milan, who <sighs> I wouldn't want anyone to go there. Like anyone. Anyone of note who goes to Milan fails. Like no one does well there anymore. They're like 
they're like a bit like Man United, like pains me to say it, but any, anyone who goes to United at the moment, maybe that's changing this season because we've seen like Bruno Fernandes do well there, like Juan Bissaka, um, uh, Maguire's done all right. Um, whereas at Milan, like everyone just fails. It's like when United were going through like Di Maria, Falcao, um, loads of players have failed, don't they there? But, um, and Milan's just been the same. They've, I was looking at their number nines. Um, Bleacher Report wrote an article about Milan's number nines yesterday, uh, and basically how the number nine show is cursed. They've had like Pato, Iguain even went there. Like I forget, I forget that Iguain went there. Piatek, um, Luis Adriano. Andre Silva, all these players like with massive potentials, Torres, Matri, Destro, like that, that's just like who play up front, and then you've got like Suso and so many like so many players have been to Milan over the last few years, and they've just flopped, and Milan are just in a mess. It'd be it'd be crazy to go there. I don't know. I don't know how you could even contemplate it like if you just look at the um the past and uh, past five years i don't i don't know why why he'd choose that i probably won't i don't think he will um but i think surely milan don't think they're a i mean they're a great great football club but they surely can't think that they're a a prize destination for a a young talent anymore um and i'd I'd rather him stay at salzburg than go to milan because he'd ruin his career I'd, I'd rather him stay at Salzburg than go to Inter as well. To be fair, I think it, I think it'd be really tough for him to make it there. I think he needs another year at Salzburg. I really do. I think he needs another season playing in that league. I, I, I said this before, but I think he needs to become the best player at Salzburg before he leaves, or at least one of. Because if you look at Minamino and you look at Haaland, they were like ripping it up at Salzburg. Soboslai is not ripping it up. So like he's, he's he's not finished his development at Salzburg for me yet. I don't think he should go. Hey Tom, do you think though that um, when just just looking at this whole story, it does seem a little far fetched. I know there's a lot of talk about it, but just in terms of strategy, in terms of marketability and getting him out there, is it not a bad move just to link him and say there are teams out there that want this guy, um, even if it's not the best. Um, place for him to end up at the moment. Um, why on earth would would Rossi make it a point to say something? I think I think maybe Gabby, that's where you're going. Is why on earth would you, as a national team manager, do that if you felt like that was the wrong place for him to go? What do you think is really happening there? It's interesting because I know that I've spoken to people in Hungarian football for a while, and and they always are. Um, they don't feel like their players are very marketable um, and maybe it is just a way of kind of creating a little bit of press um, and kind of making teams aware of this kid my only fear with doing that is and if that's what it is and they're just trying to market the player um, kind of make people aware of him I think he's already well and well known enough anyway he's, he's in the room of quite consistently um my only fear with that approach is if it isn't actually real interest is that 
I think he just buys into. There's a big, big chance that he buys into his own hype, and and he starts think he starts getting ahead of himself, which I feel that has happened this season, that he is kind of looking beyond Salzburg when he needs to be concentrating on Salzburg right now. That's my fear. I, I, I keep bringing it back to Haaland, but he's a perfect example because of how good he is. But when he was at Salzburg, he 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 didn't look like he was ever looking beyond that. He was playing so hard every single game. Whereas I don't get a feeling that is the case with Sobosai. And I don't want him to kind of think, oh, I've made it now. I can kind of just rest on my laurels and... And a big team will come in for me eventually because I'm linked to them all the time. And that's when you will end up at Milan because Milan seems to just be buying all the kind of the second-rate players, the players who, oh yeah, were kind of um, were tipped for good things at one point, and then they kind of go to Milan and fail. And that that could be that could be Sobosai. Like he, 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 He's got. I feel like he's just got to concentrate on here and now, and like, and maybe it's maybe maybe like you say that they're just marketing him, but I don't know. I feel it's a it's a strange time to market a football player because I don't I don't see teams rushing to spend any money at the moment when no. you know with with the uncertainty. I do think if he goes to one of those clubs in name alone, he will feel that he's made it and. The pressure that will be on him um, being a Hungarian player playing at such a big name club will just be immense. He'll earn enough money to um, rest on his laurels completely, and that will be the end of that. He'll go down exactly the same route as, as so many of our potential players have. The only thing I can think is if he ended up being at one of these clubs, is that they put him out through one of their loan system teams, um, see how he can perform at at that kind of level um, and and then, you know, hope that he will, because is he relatively low risk? How much do you think he's going to go for? What do you think would be a realistic fee for, for him now, Tom? I think it's going to be cheap um, because, because I think a lot of, I think it's in the contract with a lot of players that he goes to Salzburg that they can get rid of, um, they almost have like low, low buyout courses because it, for Salzburg, it, it attracts those caliber of players. Um, like Minamino went to Liverpool for like seven and a half million. Um, and Minamino was better at Salzburg than Sobosai has been so far. Haaland didn't really go for that much. I can't like to say how good Haaland is. He, he really didn't go for like massive amount of money so I imagine Sobosai would be like 10-15 million which in this day and age it's nothing really is it and, uh, exactly that it's nothing and uh, it's just some, some bizarre thing like uh, say the low the low fee that that Minamino went to um, Liverpool for and, and the fact that why didn't any of the bigger I'm not saying Dortmund is a big club because it is a huge club but let's face it, any time Bayern want to come along and buy any of their players, they're gone instantly overnight. Yeah. They had Haaland end up at Dortmund. What stopped any of these other clubs taking a taking a punt on him? Because, you know, Dortmund are laughing at the minute because they're getting him banging in goals in for fun. And they've got now absolutely, they can probably treble what they paid for him. 20 million they got for uh, they got him for. 
ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you know? if, if Sobosai goes for 15, then that's <laughs> going to look like masses. Like, he'll probably yeah. go for about 10, maybe, exactly. maybe less. Exactly. And, you know, it, it's funny, guys, if you get a chance, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link to um, a, a, an article. It's an interview with... Um, we, we were slating Seged, weren't we, Tom? And... <laughs> I've had I've had some grief from the Seged community. Let's say, do you know? The first thing I was told was outside of Ferencvaros, which team has the highest average attendance? And it is of course Seged. Wow. So yeah, it's kind of sort of blew my mind as well. So I take you back, Seged. You're more than a handball team. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a, they've got a Portuguese. Um, manager down there uh Jao Pedro de Oliveira Janeiro and the interview is fantastic he's brutal he doesn't hold back and he tells you exactly what he thinks of Hungarian players um that they're like robots that it's hard to motivate them because they once they're playing football and they're getting paid to play football they think that's it it's really really interesting read and it's you know that's true of these guys in the in mid-table second division it's also true of all our players that are dotted at these big clubs around the world um it's crazy isn't it because you'd, you'd love to see one of our players playing at somewhere like one of those clubs we mentioned but you you just don't want him to do that and then end up being in um you know second second bundesliga or championship or whatever it might be in a couple of years time yeah, you just don't want him to move too early, do you? You just want him to, like... Because like, there's no harm in saying that Salt's for, like, two or three years. There's, there's no rush. Like, what is he, like, 20? Mm. And he's playing Champions League football already at Salzburg. Just just give it, a, like, a couple of years. Like, really play out. Like, really get invested in the club. And then become their best player. And then leave. Like, the... the I hope his advisors are saying like similar because there really is no rush and he'll be like, he'll be so much more confident. He'll be so much better. He'll have played like two or three years senior football with hopefully like winning the league in Austria, playing like consistent European football. And then, yeah, you just look at players like Jujak as soon as he got good at PSV, looking for the door, looking for the bright lights, looking for the big money. Um, how much is the agent involved in that? Obviously, exactly. there's connections with Marco Rossi as well, and you know everyone's going to probably get a get a nice little bit of money out of it, um, especially Soboslai. So let's let's like say his advisors. Who's going to be as sensible as us? It's not our money, you know. So I think that they'll be um, they'll be driving him there <laughs> themselves. That's it, isn't it? That's that's. That is the real fear. I. It seems that a lot of the people who push Hungary, and maybe that is maybe that's more of a problem than we actually acknowledge, that the people who actually um, are the advisors of these players, maybe they're not actually acting in the player's best interest all the time, and maybe that is a big problem. I mean, we know we all know that agents have a massive sway these days in modern football and and maybe yeah maybe it's just a massive problem in Hungarian football and it, it's barely ever spoken about because you think about all the how many players make a wrong decision in their career 
Hungarian footballers make a wrong decision. It can't just be coincidence. They can't just all keep following the same pro- or all keep having the same problem individually. And the agents are the common. Um, they're the common thread in this, aren't they? They're the they're they're the people who are going to be always around when these things sort of things are happening. I think, I think the bottom line with it is that if you do show potential as a as a young Hungarian player and you're starting to be talked talked about in the upper echelons of the footballing world, is that you can take that chance and you can earn that big money because you know full well that at the back of your mind you can go back to your home country live comfortably in, in the best apartment in Budapest, go and play for one of the top two, three teams in the country, whatever it might be, and still earn a good wage from it with all the money that you've had from your failed um, times at Milan or wherever it might be in the bank sitting there nicely. So the rest of your life is, is well and truly sorted. And that's exactly what they could be saying to him right now. Yeah, exactly. literally, they almost be like could be saying that like word for word. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Scary. I'll let you know what my percentage is after the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, guys, we've got some um, questions. We do, uh, we we do get some cracking questions. Um, you can always on Twitter is at Madjar Fossey Live, and um, yeah. Keep the questions coming. Keep them throughout the week because, you know, we're going to keep these podcasts rolling while we're all on lockdown. Even if you're not interested in listening, we love listening to our own voices. We absolutely love it. Are we, <laughs> are we right, Chris? Yeah, I love hearing myself speak. Yeah. <laughs> so the first questions we've got here. So, guys, this is your homework for this week, okay? And it's come from at Gerafan29. So, um, they want to know the best. I, I don't, I'm going to say he or she. I'm not going to make that. Um, but let's the best combined eleven featuring one player from each current NB1 club. You can leave far out. <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so that's your homework for this week, guys. And also some more homework that you can do is from uh, Dan Almond who, uh, at Pompey Rabbi on Twitter, who says, how do you make an authentic goulash? <laughs> Dan, listen, I promise you, I will speak to my mum. She's on lockdown as everyone else is, so she's got loads of time on her hand. I'm going to get her to write down her authentic goulash recipe, and I will personally tweet you um, a picture of it. So make sure you're following me, at DJ Gabby G., um, and, and I promise you I'll get that sent over and you can have a go at making it and um, let me know how it is. Um, <laughs> next question we've got is, do you know what happened to Gabor Jepesh? And that's from Tom Reed at Tom Reed writing. Do you remember Gabor, Tom? Fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, Portsmouth Rabbi gives away that he's a Pompey fan and yeah, he had a, he had a season or two with, um, with Pompey. Um, Cardiff as well. Yeah, I can remember him falling over a lot at Cardiff. Yeah, he's you know that he's had a he's had a cracking career. He's also got you know like twenty odd international caps. But as for at the minute, Gabor, uh, uh, Gabor, <laughs> <laughs> it might be Gabor asking wanting to know. <laughs> I think it might be. Makes yeah, sense. Oh, no, listen, this he's he's playing in a a, a little a little village. 
village. Yeah, it is a village. It's a little suburb to the kind of west of um, of Budapest at the moment, and it's uh, a team called Viaduct SE. So how about that? He might. I'm sure he's still well. Yeah, I think he's still playing there. He certainly was last season. I can't see why he wouldn't be this. But yeah, that's the latest. Um, he's. I'm just a team fighter, and I can see him in that. So yeah, I think that's. Um, wow. That's, at the minute, unless viaduct uh, were they named after an actual viaduct? Yeah, it, it's an the 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 part of um it, it's called Biatorbarge where where the um where the club are based and yeah it's got a massive um massive viaduct in it. <laughs> what a team name! That's great, isn't it? I mean, I'll tell you what I'll do for the next pod as well. I'll get you some of the best team names. In Hungarian football, that I can that I can find for you. There are some absolute classics there. Yeah. Um, so plenty of homework for you guys next week. That's a that's a great question, Garafan. That's a really really great question. The best combined eleven. I like that. So well, it still... works well as well. To be fair, like because he said like leave Kaposh far out. Yeah. So yeah, nice. Which means Tom has to pick someone from Kishvada. <laughs> I'm going to try and get that fat lad. I think it was Anderson Pico, his name was. <laughs> He's about 20 stone when he came. Listen, there's nothing wrong oh, with that. come on. I could think of two better from, from that team already. Come on. <laughs> can you think of anyone from Kaposvar Ka- then? We're being unfair to them, really, leaving them out. But I can see, obviously, why. Because they're not going to be a, be an MB1 team for, for much longer either way. But come anyway. on, we all can pick one person from Kaposvar. You know who I'm talking about, right? Who are you going to go with? Hegedush? No. Cheeky? Martin cheeky, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Cheeky, Cheeky? One yeah, of cheeky. cheeky would be would be okay. Oh, I used to love him. I thought he was going to be the next big thing once upon a time. Yeah. Didn't he, he went off to, like, Thailand. Thailand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, another, another odd decision. You wouldn't find me going off to live in Thailand for 18 months or anything like that. Wink, wink. <laughs> Um, guys, that's all the questions we've got this week. I mean, we will we'll we'll work it all week. We'll work our twi- tweets all week, and um, we'll see if we can get some really really good questions coming in. So we've we, got. A- yeah, we said. We, I, I just realised when we were halfway through recording that we hadn't asked for questions. Yeah, so we've done well. To be fair, we've we've we've, yeah. we've got those ones in there. And, Savage at uh, 10 p.m. We have, and we've obviously kept them right till the end so that they have to listen. Yeah, there's at least three people this week guys so that's that's pretty good two of them are Pompey fans as well what's going on there which is which is very bizarre so I'm I'm kind of worried now for for Gabor because when Tom's asking what's happened to him I'm wondering if he owes him money or something like that (laughs) (laughs) just follow Um, the viaduct exactly that yeah follow the viaduct (laughs) so we thought we'd end this pod. Um, we got like what? We got another ten minutes or so, guys. Chris, you're you're the expert on these things here. I'm the expert on on what? On, on stuff. I was going to say you're the expert on length, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and what we'll do at the end of each of these podcasts as well is just it's the differences between America and England now. There are so many weird things, and that are not weird to Chris. And there's probably lots of English things that are not weird to us and are here. 
and are very weird to, to Chris. So we thought we'd put Chris on the spot and we'd make him justify the American language and America to us because um, Trump's doing a terrific job of that, obviously. So <laughs> Chris can for us. So listen, Chris, the first question I have for you, okay. So at home, you've got a heating system, haven't you, I'm guessing, and like yeah. a cooker yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What what fuel goes into that cooker? Wait, I don't even know what you mean by a cooker. Are you talking about my stove? You're stuck. See, look, we've already, like, we've already done. <laughs> What's, yeah, so your stove. Okay, your American stove. My American stove is run by electricity, which could okay. be a very foreign uh, concept for, for you people um, in your third world country. But uh, yeah, it's called electricity. I was going to try and lead you down a path where you said it was gas. Some people use natural gas. OK, so that's my first question. Why do you put gas in your homes and gas in your cars? Why do you not put petrol or diesel in your cars? Um, well, I, I guess officially we do. We just call it gas. Gasoline. What if you want, what do you call like diesel then? You call it like black gas or something? Diesel. <laughs> we call diesel diesel. Okay. Um, because if you try to put gasoline into a diesel engine, you will destroy it. Yes. Yes. And I, I know that I know that I know that by a first person experience. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and let me t- look, I'm going to pull it back to sport for a minute. And, and I'm, I'm, I can spend all day ripping the differences between English and American. But this one always fascinates me. Now, obviously, Chris, you love your stats and, and we love your stats as well. But for instance, you said you grew up with baseball and I, I love baseball as well. And it's clearly all based around stats when do you stop at what a player actually does and disregard his stats or will the stats always make you look at the player and we always look at the stats rather than the player if you like is there a question in there somewhere i probably worded that really lot wrong um <laughs> i can give a better analogy of it really <laughs> Like if, let's just say Zoltan Guerra um, over the season had put 35 crosses onto the head of uh, Bode or whatever. Um, so and when I turn up to the game, I'm looking at Zoltan Guerra and he doesn't put one cross in. So, but the stats say that he's put 35 in. In in baseball, it kind of tends to look at that kind of side of it rather than actually watching what's in front of you if that makes sense so like the guy's coming up to bat and he's batting two six seven and you're expecting something good from him um so you think oh this guy's having a got a good feeling about him or whatever yeah Yeah. rather than looking at the stats yeah i mean i think i think you could look at a player and say he's his average is 267 but you know he's uh depending on who's who's pitching against him you know, he could strike out, he could hit a home run. Yeah, I, I don't think it's all based upon mathematical equations. There's a lot of times where, um, you know, you see a player come up situationally and say, oh, right-handed batter, left-handed pitcher, power hitter in the alleys, 
he's going to destroy this really good pitcher because it's a good matchup. So it's not always about stats. I think it's there, there's there's a lot I think where you have to look at it and just kind of get a feel. There is some of that in there as well, and I think that's the beauty of most yeah, sports. Is a lot of players that like I really really like and I really enjoy watching, but obviously I can't watch 167 games of a season. Like, you know, can dip in and out as I can. So there's, there's guys that I see and I think are really good. And the times I, like, I, I'll get involved with talking to to people on Twitter about baseball and I'll say, I really like that. And they'll go, well, you know, he sucks. Look at his stats. There, He's blah, 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 and he's blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I think, well, I, I've not, I'm not looking at the stats. I'm just looking at a player that I'm seeing and I really like it. You yeah, I, mean? I, I think there's a number of those players in baseball. I mean, I... I follow the Cincinnati Reds and, and they've been trash since the 19, probably 95 season. And um, uh, there's a lot of players that I love and they're of average above average players that have done well in a lot of situations. And I paid good money to see them, not because they're great, just because I appreciate them as a, as a player. So I guess that's kind of where you're going. And I'm, I'm the same way. Are you ready for my words? So one of the things I want to end the show with each week, <laughs> because we both have different takes on 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 the language. And uh, Chris, I think you've got a couple of words you need some clarification on. Yes, thank you, Gabby, for putting that up on the tee for me. Um, so, <laughs> is is a nonce a noun? Oh my god! Or a verb? <laughs> <laughs> Can you, can, you, can you provide some clarity for that? Do you know what it means? No, that's I'm, well, I want to know. You what need edit part of speech it is. <laughs> I want to know what part of speech it is, and then I want you to explain it to me. Um, is, is it noun? <laughs> okay, I should have I should have ended with that word because that's probably the best one of the three. Okay, and then I've heard I've heard the term barmy. You mentioned it today. Is that like crazy? What does that mean? Yeah, similar. I think I think that one's. Is it like more passionate, or is it like actually like like you're freaking out crazy? Yeah, he's, he, I would probably describe it. He's like he's a bit nuts. Does does that translate? He's a bit yeah. He's a bit crazy. Barmy. Like in the head. Like like he's not right. Yeah, or, or just a bit yeah, kind of. It doesn't have to be like um, it doesn't have to be wrong with it. Wrong in that sense. He just a, he's just a bit mad, a bit crazy. Okay. All right. Or or that that's barmy. Because I've heard I've heard the term Barmy Army quite a bit. So I yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had Crazy. to be about fans or supporters just being a little nuts. Um, and then how how much is a stone? And can you break it down to like rocks and pebbles, or is it just you know like three stone? <laughs> Where, and like sand or something. I mean, how does that break down? What is that? And how did that? What is it? What is it? When you, when I, if I've lost two stone, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we have kidney stones and we have to pass them. But I mean, tell me, what what is that? What in kilograms? Well, you want to know how many kilos it is? Well, I'd like to know how many pounds it is because I don't even really know what a kilogram is. Oh, oh, you guys do it in pounds, okay? Yeah, uh, not pounds one, like sterling, but pounds like you know in weight. One stone is fourteen pounds. It's so weird that number came up when I heard it. It must be it must be a universal thing that I've missed somewhere along the way. I don't think I don't think many countries use stone actually. I think it's just us and 
Party UK. Distance. I've heard it in Wales. I know they use it. Yeah. Rugby, rugby players. Yes. I, can, I can never figure out what kilos are. I know, yeah, I just can't. I can't figure it. Yeah, because we're still miles as well. You're miles, aren't you? We're miles. Canada's kilometers. Yeah, and then I think the whole of Europe's kilometers. So yeah, and bit... I hear a lot of meters in Europe, but I hear still hear yards in, in England. Yeah, we're kind of hanging on to it. Yards, we only ever we only ever use like in <laughs> for football. football. Yeah, you hit one from you hit that from twenty five yards. Yeah, so like if you if you said to someone like, "Where's the nearest nonce, mate?" Oh, he's <laughs> a yards away. No one didn't know how long that is at all. <laughs> the nearest what? Nonce. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to do a wrap up? Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure to um, sit this side of the microphone. Um, Chris, you're welcome to have it back, though, my friends, because you do a much, much better job than I've done. Or maybe Tom can take that seat next week. Nope. So, Chris, we look forward <laughs> to the show next week. Um, to all of you guys out there, thank you so much for listening every week. Um, it means a lot that, that you're taking time out to, to hear what we're doing. We're doing this for fun hungarianfootball.com everything that we've always done has always always just been about the fun and uh, we're glad we can still do that with you guys um stay safe stay indoors don't listen to donald trump and we'll see you back here next week chris thank you so yeah and tom it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you again we'll see you soon <laughs> see you bye bye